I think one of the most important questions anybody can ask and should be asking is, how do we get saved? How do we become right in our relationship with God? Uh, how do we have uh, the, the, the assurance that when we die, if we die, we are going to be okay, that we're going to be um, in a right standing with God where he will receive us? Uh, how ultimately, how can we know that we are not under God's condemnation, but rather under his grace? And uh, to answer this question, I think we, we should look at the word uh, that's used so often in the Bible, the word justification. Um, I just did a quick search in my Bible app, and, and you can see that the word justified or justification is used over and over uh, in the Bible. So here's a couple examples. So Romans 4.2 says, If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.9, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Romans 8.30, those whom he called, he also justified. Romans 10.10, for with the heart one believes and is justified. 1 Corinthians 6.11, he says, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Uh, again, then you see it in Galatians. He says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law. Uh, and then he says, and, uh, we're justified by faith in Christ. Um, and so multiple times in Galatians, and then you even go to, to books, some of the smaller books like Titus. So in Titus 3, 7, it says, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And then finally, there's three places here. I see it in James, where James says, was not Abraham our father justified uh, by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? <clears throat> so I bring all those verses up. I read all those simply to point to the fact that this is an important word. Biblically, uh, that's just a, a small uh, example of the many, many times that the word justified is used in the Bible. So this is important. This is this is a concept that we should be focused in on in some sense. We should have, I think this is a core foundational uh, thing that we should have a grasp on if we're going to, if we want to kind of grow in our relationship with God, I think we need to have this basic foundation laid. What is justification? Uh, these are some of the questions I want to answer. What is justification? Why do we need it? Um, and then also I'm going to show you and talk about God's solution uh, for us to get justification and uh, also ultimately going to answer the question of how we get justified. We need to be justified. So what is it? Uh, justification is a, it's a legal declaration about our status before God. Um, so before uh, we were counted, before we're in relationship with God, we're counted as sinners and we're guilty. Uh, and we, to be justified means that you become counted in the sight of God as righteous. So uh, to be justified means that your sins, which were once upon you, and the burden was on you to do something about it. When God justifies it, it means that the, the, our sins are no longer on us. The burden of sin, the guilt of sin, the condemnation of sin is no longer on us. God takes it off. And so where before God's justice, the fact that God is perfectly just demanded that he held our sins 
our sinful decisions, our wicked hearts. He, he, because God is a just God, he must hold those against us. To be justified means that God no longer holds those sins against us. So ultimately, justification has to do with our relationship with God being made right. Where before, our relationship with God due to justice Due to our sin and the justice it deserved, our relationship with God was not what it should be. It was it was broken. Our relationship with God was severed. Uh, and so that's why you see in, in places like Ephesians where it talks about how we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Uh, it, it, so there's a sense in which not having justification before God equals spiritual death. It equals uh, and by spiritual death, I mean just a broken relationship with God. God created mankind to be in a, uh, a close child-to-father-like relationship where there was unity and union together, fellowship together. Because of sin, that becomes uh, broken. Uh, that, that relationship is broken and severed. And so we need that to become fixed. Uh, we, need, we need that separation, that gap to be bridged in order to, to be restored to a right relationship with God. And, and, uh, and so the question, the next question is, uh, why do we need justification? So again, justification is this, is this uh, thing where we are legally declared righteous before God, where the way God sees us, the way he views us, uh, our identity before him, uh, really the resume that we have, our record of sin, and God sees that, God wipes that away. Justification is where that sin no longer is on us. God takes that away, so our relationship is restored. Um, but why, Why? kind of to, to backtrack a little bit, why do we even need justification? Why do we need God to declare us righteous before him? And so we've kind of talked about this already a little bit, but uh, Romans uh, 3.23 uh, is a good place to go for this. And it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified. There's that word again, justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Okay, so these, again, this just is another example of how often this this idea, this concept of justification is focused in on. And it's so absolutely important to grasp, if you're going to grasp at all, what God wants from us uh, in order to be saved. And, and so what, what do I mean, I guess, when I say saved? What I mean when I say salvation? We, we need justification to be saved. We need justification to have salvation. What do I mean by that? Uh, so here's what I mean. I mean that, like this verse says, it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What that means is that if you are honest with yourself and if I'm honest with myself, I have to say that I, I have a sinful heart. I have a heart that many times has chosen to sin, chosen to rebel, chosen to be selfish, chosen to be prideful, chosen to be uh, evil in a variety of ways. Now, that's just not me, not just me, that's everybody. I believe, again, if you're honest, you're going you're to recognize that that's you too. This, this verse here basically locks up everybody into this category. Every human being that's ever breathed, except for Jesus, except for the one man, is guilty of sinning before God. And so we, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God, which deserves 
uh, people to fully, wholeheartedly love him. Ultimately, human beings were created to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to fully rely on him. That's the way human beings were designed. And so when we step out of that, when we don't walk in line with that, that, that is sin. To step outside of God's original design for mankind is sin. When we sin, we break that relationship, and we become guilty of sin, and we deserve wrath. We deserve condemnation. I know that's heavy, but I think that's just that's the clear teaching of the Bible. Um, and so we need justification because, as Romans five says, we are we're by nature uh, sinners. So Romans five twelve it says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, so through Adam and Eve, when they sinned, sin entered into the world, the creation before, which did not have the impact or the the uh, <clears throat> the experience. Sin had not yet entered into the 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 earth that God had created. When Adam and Eve sinned, when the one man sinned, sin and death entered into this world, entered into creation, and entered into then the, the experience of every man uh, who would be born to Adam and Eve. So it says. Again, Romans 5, 12, uh, sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. So sin entered into the experience of the world. And then every human being that was subsequently born into the world, it says we become guilty of sin. I don't believe because Adam sinned. We're not guilty because of something Adam did. We're guilty because when we enter into this world, we do the same thing Adam did. We also choose and then willfully embrace sin. And so it's when, like this says, because all sinned, death spread to all men. So the experience of spiritual death, which again can be summed up in things like a broken relationship with God, with deserving condemnation, uh, uh, ultimately it, it results in physical death. But I think the bigger the bigger thing is the spiritual death, which is that, that broken relationship where we can't we can't have a right relationship with God because of, because of our sin, because of who we are. And again, I think it's important to know that biblically, I don't think that we are counted as sinners simply because Adam sinned. I believe we are counted as sinners because we enter into this world. And as again, Romans 5.12 says, we all sinned. And when we choose to sin, that death and the, 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 the consequences of that sin, we then experience that personally. Uh, what that means then is that we personally need a fix for that. We, I personally, you personally need help for the broken relationship with God that we are, that we experience because of our sin that every human being is experiencing. And I think it's because every human being is experiencing and does experience this broken relationship with God. We know intuitively as, as human beings, we know, I think we have a sense of right and wrong. We have a sense of God's perfect law. And then from that, we have a sense that, uh, and a knowledge that we've broken it and we deserve wrath. I think we all know, and we all agree with Romans three intuitively, we know that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so I think that, again, that's why you see religions all over the world, because you see human beings with this intuitive sense that something's broken inside of them. Something's not right. They have, well, human beings have this intuitive sense that there's, 
there's something that needs fixed and they have this awareness that there's a God, there's a being who's above them, who's greater than them, who, who, who is going to hold them accountable. And so you see the various religions in the world. Uh, and, and, and so I think that's a big part of it because intuitively human beings are conscious of, uh, conscious of their sin and they're conscious of their need to have that fixed. And so what mankind does naturally is they try to fix that. And that results in religion. That results in uh, a variety of things in, in human philosophy and different things that men try to do to fix that brokenness. What this does is this goes back to Genesis, where you remember when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? Well, first they went and hid from God. Second, they tried to cover up their nakedness with fig leaves, right? So what a picture that is of what mankind does, of what, what the natural tendency of human beings is when we sin, is we try to then go away and fix it ourselves, as Adam and Eve did. They went away, they hid from God in fear because they were conscious that they, they had sinned and now that relationship that they had had before where they had walked with God in the cool of the day, they had this fellowship, this closeness. When they sinned, that broke. That was There's a disconnection there and they are aware of that, produced fear in their hearts where once they were just at peace before God, now they had this fear in their hearts and what that caused them to do is run away from God and then they sewed fig leaves together to try to cover their own nakedness. So they went out and they tried to fix by their own strength and efforts what, what was wrong. That is what religion is. That is such a great picture of religion. That's such a great picture of the human tendency to be aware of their brokenness, their nakedness before God because of their sin. We go out and try to fix that. We, tr we have a variety of, of ways that we try to cover ourselves with fig leaves. And so that looks like different religions. And that looks like, uh, uh, for some, it's things like Buddhism. And, and for, for others, it's, it's things like uh, uh, different cult groups that, that focus in on, you know, not only just cult groups, but even different, different denominations, I'd say. People that try to rely on their own efforts and, and the ceremonies they're keeping, whether they're reading their Bible every day, whether they're praying enough. Uh, uh, whether they're they're keeping this this feast or this observance or, or or whether they're witnessing enough and and I'm not just picking on one group here I'm saying this is the tendency of everybody this has been the tendency that I personally have um, I've personally had to wrestle with my own natural bent toward in, in, internally thinking that it's up to me to present myself as as righteous to God it's up to me to get rid of my sin and to do things that I think I need to do in order for God to accept me and love me. And so I've resulted to different, uh, a variety of things and it looks different for everybody, I think, but the human, human nature wants to cover our nakedness. We want to fix ourselves. And so what happens is, is rather than relying and trusting on God and his goodness, his forgiveness, what we do is we run away from God in fear then we go and we work and we strive and we effort in a variety of ways to try to cover our own nakedness. What all this comes down to is we all, I think, have the sense that we need to be justified before God. We're aware that there's been a broken relationship with God. And so we need that to be fixed. We're aware of our nakedness. So we set out to work to fix that. But I think if you're, if you're like me, uh, what you discover 
is that the more you try to fix it, the harder you work, the more ceremonies you keep, the more the more uh, uh, effort you put forward, the more you try to like commit yourself to reading the Bible, and the more you commit yourself to, I'm not going to do that sin again. I'm I'm, I'm going to I'm not going to give into that temptation next time. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try harder. I'm gonna strive harder. Uh, all it, it comes sowing fig leaves and trying to cover our nakedness comes in a variety of ways, a huge variety of ways. But again, if you're like me, what you're going to find is it doesn't work. Uh, the more effort you put forward, it seems like the worse off you are. The harder you try, it seems like the more sin you see in yourself and, and you see that, man, I just, I can't do it. And so to wrap this, this up, I'm going to end with uh, Romans 7, where Paul says this, and I think we can all relate to this uh, struggle of Paul. So Romans 7, verse 14 um, he says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. Okay, I'm going to stop there for a minute. What is he saying? He says the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. So he's recognizing, and I think human beings recognize that God's law is good. Being pure, being faithful, being loving, being kind, being honest, being truthful, uh, all these characteristics of righteousness, we recognize that these are good things that we should be doing. But from that, we then recognize, if we're honest again, that we're not able to do them. We can try, but we're going to fail. We can we can do well in some areas, but we're if we're honest, we're going to recognize we're not doing it perfectly. We can try really hard and maybe do really well in some areas, but if we're honest again, we're going to look at other areas and see we're not doing so hot there. And so uh, what this comes down to what Paul is recognizing here is that even though we acknowledge that God's law is good and we want, we truly sincerely want to follow it. What he says here about every human being is that we are of the flesh. We are sold under sin. This gets back to the fact that human beings, the reason why we need justification is because our nature is that we are sinners. We are broken inside and we are unable to fix ourselves as we're about to see Paul talks about here and this is so comforting to me because this is the great apostle Paul who's about to say these things about himself. So he says in verse 15 of Romans 7, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, then I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Man, I can relate so much to that. And I'm sure you can too, that we agree with the law. Like Paul says, I agree with the law that it's good. But when I, when I, try to do good. He says, I don't understand my own actions because when I try to do good, I do not do what I want. I don't do the good that I want, but I end up doing the very thing I hate. So when I want to be loving and a patient husband uh, to my wife, when we're in the middle of some kind of conflict in my heart, I see God's law and I say, man, I should right now respond with love, gentleness, patience, kindness. But so often what comes out of me is anger, pride, selfishness. Uh, and so I want to do the good that I see the law telling me about and informing me about, that there's this righteous standard of God. 
of gentleness, kindness, love. But when I try to perform that, like Paul says, I can't do it. And Paul's saying he couldn't do it. When he would look at the law and try to do it by his own efforts, he couldn't do it. So he says, uh, I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So this is why, this, this scripture here tells us why we need justification. Because one, we're guilty and condemned legally. Legally, we have this guilty uh, slate against us. We have this record of debt to God that we cannot pay. Paul's explaining here that we cannot pay it. Okay, And so even if we could somehow pay for our past sins, the issue here, the problem that Paul's describing is that even if I could somehow, which we can't, even if I could get rid of the record of my sin by myself, by my own strength, if I could get rid of it, the past sins that I've committed to where God no longer held those against me, the problem is that still I'm broken inside so that when I want to do good, when I want to be perfect and fully righteous, I can't do it. Human beings just simply cannot do it. We don't have it within us because of the brokenness uh, of our flesh. So we might want to do good, but like Paul says, we're not going to find, we do not have the ability to carry it out. So even if I could get rid of my past record of sin, I'm, I'm still guilty and condemned because I can't get rid of the future sins that I'm going to commit. I can't, I can't stop uh, a being what I am by my own power. I can't overcome my sinful tendencies by my own power. We need something better. We need something stronger. We need something more than our own efforts and our own ability to keep God's law. Because as Paul says, we can't keep God's law. We can look at the law, we can acknowledge it's good, and we can even acknowledge that I want to keep the law, but no human being can do it by their own efforts, by their own commitments to God, by their own commitments to rules, by their own commitments to uh, different regulations and, and uh, things that they're going to commit themselves to. We can't do it. And so Paul gets to the end in verse 24, he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And we all, I think, need to come to this place. We all need to be in this place that Paul's at. This is a place of humility before God where we're recognizing what we deserve because of our sin. We're recognizing our our uh, our lack of capacity, our inability to fix ourselves. And so we should come to this place, I think not only once, but I think we need to be regular, regularly, in a sense, coming to this place where we're honest with what we are and we're realizing wretched man, wretched woman, wretched person that I really am. If I'm really honest about who I am, I'm wretched. I've sinned against a God who loves me, who's perfect, who's kind, who's patient, who's gentle, and I sin against him. I go a different way. I act and I live in a way that is not in line with the glory and the beauty, uh, the righteousness of who God is. And so wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? We need to come to this place where we realize 
I can't do it. All the efforts I put forward to cover myself with fig leaves, it's not working. It's not good enough. I can't do it. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will justify me? How can I get justification before God? I think that's part of the cry here, the desperation of, of Paul, that should be the desperation of every human being. This is getting to the point of being poor in spirit. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who get to this point where they realize, I've broken God's commands, I'm, I'm a sinner, and I can't keep his law as much as I try to. Wretched man that I am, who's gonna help me with this? And so next, in the, in the next video I'm gonna make, I'm gonna answer that question and talk about what Paul says here. He says, uh, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we find deliverance, we find justification, we find freedom from everything we've described here through uh, what Jesus has done for us.